0: Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a Not Safe for Work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. (laughs) Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic
1: Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrorist, Jenna and Sarah's here. Hi guys. So I thought maybe this episode that we would talk about something I think is really interesting. Sex, drugs, and alcohol. Okay. You find it really interesting, sex, drugs, and alcohol. All things are <laughs> interesting for sure. Right. Well, it's fascinating how some of my orgasms are fantastic when I'm drunk or drinking. And mm-hmm. some of them are not so noteworthy.
0: Yeah. Have you noticed anything with weed, too?
1: Oh, yes. Or I had to tell you, some other? of my... My favorite orgasms or favorite experiences is when I had edibles, but my body seems to have started to reject edibles. It's not liking it. I throw up a lot more now on it. So,
0: <laughs> well, none of that <laughs> makes for a very sexy or fun time. But no, yeah, don't, maybe don't do edibles. I can understand that for sure. I, yeah, alcohol, drugs, sex all wonderful in their own rights right depending i guess i don't have judgment i don't do a lot of drugs I have experience with some not all i also have experience with drugs and alcohol and sex at the same time right. you know that's what we wanted to talk about is there's been some really good times because of it but i've also seen and experienced some not good times because of that too and so What we wanted to talk about is all the things that are in and around that, what the benefits could be, what the pitfalls could be, all the perks and pitfalls, I guess, is what we were saying. Yes. Uh, Yeah. What are, what do you mean with the difference of orgasms? Has that come with more or less inebriation? Is there a certain type of alcohol that you like to imbibe? What does that look like for you?
1: Well, I do notice that between the different alcohols, I get a different high or a different effect on my body. If I do red wine, I get hornier, but then I wake up (laughs) with with a headache. But if I do whiskey, I just get angry. And then if I do vodka lately, it's just water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're treating the vodka like water or it's not doing anything like a glass of water?
1: It's just like drinking a glass of water. It goes right through me. I don't feel it. No big deal. How does alcohol affect you?
0: Oh my God. So tequila, I will tell you what your problem is and I will end up trying to fight you. Vodka (laughs) is always going to be my choice, but I'm just not drinking right now, mostly anyway. I love, love, love red wine. I am the biggest romantic, squishy pile of lovey goo, but I'll also ask you to beat the fuck out of me. It's like the weirdest dichotomy that I could possibly have, but also yes, headache. (laughs) And and so not always (laughs) worth it. I do really enjoy sex when I'm high on weed. And I have had really good sex while microdosing on mushrooms, but, wow, and I know I have plenty of friends and I don't have any judgment for people that do other, I know a lot of people that like to do harder stuff like Molly and cocaine. And that's just not something that I've felt comfortable doing a, and then B felt comfortable with being with somebody that is probably inebriated by those things or impaired by those things. And for me, it leads back to that consent thing, right? You can tell me that you're fine and you can tell me when you're sober that these are the things that you want. But at some point, it stops being consensual to me and it starts being real creepy. Right. So I personally choose not to be with people that I feel are past giving consent a big deal for me. I want to mm-hmm. hold their consent for them. And that can change when you're impaired on drugs and alcohol. The ability to communicate is not there all the time. And we definitely can find ourselves in really scary situations. Right. Right. And it's likewise from the partner that you're with is impaired via drugs and alcohol. And what, signs they could miss of yours that are boundaries or consent. BDSM can be a real hop, skip and jump away from, or actually an eyelash away from assault. <laughs> so you really gotta, you really gotta fucking, gotta just fucking be real careful with that stuff. Right? But I think anything in an excess is bad, right? Aspirin can kill you. Fucking so many things cannot be good for you in excess, but
1: water can kill you at if the volume's right.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. You can drown yeah, for you can sure. Drown. So I'm saying yeah. if you can do those things and you feel like you can maintain that balance for you. I've also, again, I just said like, I fucking, oh my God, eat me out while I'm fucking stoned and let me listen to Pink Floyd records. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yes. We're both going to have a great time. Right? So uh-huh. I know my limits and I stay within those had some shitty lessons that I carry with me. So I just always need to make sure that I'm not putting myself in a place of harm and that my partners also don't put themselves in a place of harm by not being able to hold consent and boundaries.
1: So I have a story when we talk about consent and boundaries. When I was 17, I threw a house party. And during that house party, I got drunk because the whole joke was Sarah's got her fifth. And it was Jack, of course, whiskey, right? Ugh, it's gross. I can't yeah. believe I even had it. I didn't even like the taste of it at the time. 17, I, walking around the house with my fifth of Jack and being fun and engaged with all yeah. my friends and everything. And so I lay down on the couch and I pass out, not like blackout pass out, but more like I just drank too much and I'm exhausted and lay down. Then there was some drama that happened. It was high school. And I was woken up to somebody trying to have sex with me because I was passed out drunk. And it, sure. it was very painful. It was an assault. It was not consensual. My issue with I'm sorry, the, my al- love, that's awful. First of all, thank you and thank my you issue, for sharing. My issue for that is, like you were saying, my consent was taken. They didn't ask. Alcohol is that fine line of where the consent is there and not there. You know, how do you navigate that?
0: You know, I think you just make it fucking important that you don't want to be someone that's going to assault somebody else, and no matter what state you're in, right? Alcohol and drugs can bring out the absolute worst in people. I mean, I, again, I have seen things happen at the hands of alcohol and drug abuse that never in my right mind would I think these people were capable of those things. Never in their right mind did they think they were capable of these things. But when you take away that ability to manage yourself, yeah, like, Fucked up shit can happen. So for me, it just comes down to my choice. I don't want to be so sloppy. And I can't say that I have always been able to maintain this. I will tell you, I have been sloppy drunk. I have partaken in situations where, you know, I could definitely see where any partner of mine would have been like, this doesn't feel good, right? Right, But it's, I don't like feeling like that either. I don't like feeling like I'm, I've got the spins or I'm going to throw up or I'm out of control or I don't need that necessarily. I for sure, like I love a good glass of wine or a cocktail before sex parties or during sex parties or whatever, but it's definitely something that I choose to make real clear Right. myself of what my needs are around that. If I go to a party and I get completely smashed and my husband, I'm going to make him my caretaker. That's not fair. He didn't come there to be my babysitter. He came there to enjoy. And a lot of people have really unhealthy relationships with those things. You know, a lot of people do feel that they need to, they need that edge off. Some people are shy or social anxiety and sometimes weed and sometimes alcohol and sometimes other things for other people. Help them relax, help them calm down. And that's fine, but you have to know for yourself right. where that line is. And then you have to tow it. It's not anybody else's responsibility to do that for you. But at the same time, we all have responsibility to make sure that other people aren't getting taken advantage in their non-sobriety phases. And you know what? I have to be honest, drugs and alcohol are huge in the fucking lifestyle. I see it in the clubs. I see it in the house parties. I see it from my own group of social people. And it's interesting because it doesn't really get talked about. It's just kind of there. Right. Right. These things are just there at parties for people to do. And again, I'm not your fucking mother and I'm trying to have my own good time. But I definitely pay attention to if I felt like I needed to say something to a friend. okay, I'm a little concerned of where you're at. I'll definitely do my part. But it can also leave. Right. I've left plenty where I've been like, oh, this is intense for me. This makes me uncomfortable. And I have, again, no judgment. You fucking do you, but I get to then do me, which is just, I'm a peace out. Like I can't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be part of any of this. And it's, it is for my safety. I've definitely had a house party when my God, when my husband and I were first, first into this. So fucking, you know, 12 years ago or so and small house party, it was a birthday party. I'm watching alcohol go around I'm watching drugs go around. I've had some alcohol and then boom, everybody's in a hot tub. And I was like, I don't want to do that at all. I just didn't want to, but then, you know, just kept plying me with alcohol and stuff. And so then I find myself in this situation where, oh, all the women are giving head to the guys in the hot tub. And that was not something I wanted to do, but couldn't really stand up for myself at the time. I don't, you know, having alcohol is like the, you you can do this. You can talk yourself into this. This isn't that bad. And it fucking can be right. I don't want people to do that to themselves. Right. But I have just as many times where I've been at house parties and none of that happened and it was a good time. And I did have a good time. It's just, it's a, for me, it's a safety thing. And I have plenty of people also in the lifestyle that have allowed drugs and alcohol to cause such damage to them that they are all like, all of them are sober now. There's a massive wave of sobriety going around from start to finish. No, nothing, never, any. And I super applaud them too. Obviously there were decisions that were made or situations that happened that made them feel like this was what the right thing to do was. And I fucking applaud that too. I don't really have any judgment as long as people are taking care of themselves first, not making themselves problems for others because you can see that going that way too and just having a good time. Everything in moderation is fine. I just don't like when the pendulum tips one way or another. I'm I'm out. I'm done. I will ghost the fuck out of any situation if I don't feel safe. So I think that's all that's really important to me is just, is it something that you really want to do if you have to get annihilated to do it? You know what I mean? Is it something you really want to do? If you have to get so smashed that your consent no longer looks like consent, I wonder if you're doing what you want to, if you're doing what you think you should.
1: Well, and I've experienced that. I know that I've been on many a dates that I probably would have walked away had I not had one too many. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's signs that you miss, right? Right. i yeah. enjoyed. I was in the conversation and completely pouring the alcohol down my throat because it's where you're sitting there listening, talking, you're drinking, and, and then you go to the next level. I remember giving somebody a blowjob in the parking lot because... <laughs> <laughs> I was really shit-faced. I hear know? you. I and, hear you. But I I've also remember one time where I had agreed to meet somebody. This was back in Craigslist days, but oh God, I met Here a, we go. I know. I met a man and he'd already started drinking before I got there. And We met at a Denny's and then he wanted me to go back to his room with him. And I just, there was something off about him, but I hadn't drank. So that was a good thing because then yeah. I can con- feel my body feel what i was feeling about him we ended up sitting there for four and a half hours talking about why he shouldn't cheat on his wife (laughs) oh god
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know know, they do have that thing where it's like alcohol because no good story started with i ate a salad right i mean (laughs) i love that it's
1: forever (laughs) like
0: out there there's so many fucking stories that it's just like these what the fuck moments and So that's I guess that's why we're talking about this is best of intentions don't mean shit if you can't attend to yourself and your needs because you're inebriated, incapacitated, any of those things. But it does seem to be a huge part of the lifestyle. I'm going to tell you, I was surprised to find out how... Normal. And we're talking bigger ones and bigger ones. I just, I'm a baby. I'm a baby drug user. Like it just, and that's, I grew up in a fucking military household where my stepfather was goddamn drug tester. So right. I just always thought that it wouldn't matter when I came home, he would just know, you know, right. so it kept me from doing it. And then I lived in a fucking party house with a bunch of dudes. I was the only one that was allowed to live there because I was like the house mom. Not that I didn't fuck a lot of them. However, (laughs) they did it. And we're talking about these Greek God Adonis men in their 20s, like 21, 22 just fucking six four and gorgeous and bravado and all the shit. And man, they'd go out and do acid or whatever and come back just falling. I saw Jesus. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> that sounds like fun to me. So I just never I mean, I didn't even do weed until I was out of the house. I think I waited a year. And I still waited four days after smoking weed for the first time to come home because I just knew that my parents would know. Right. So I'm not sad about that. But I also don't have judgment, again, for people that can do these things in moderation and have a good time. I don't know that about myself. I don't need to find out if I can handle Coke or if I can handle acid or I can handle whatever. I don't need to know that. If I wanted to know it, I'm a grown-ass woman. I could definitely choose to do that. It would definitely be around fucking safe people because don't know how the fuck that's going to look. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't have any judgment you know what I mean oh my right. god I can't even picture me on coke I bet you I'd be so fucking annoying <laughs> Oh, what you'd talk really fast
1: <laughs> I would be yeah I would be yeah. too much on coke see you know but the only thing you. that I ever wanted to try now like you I came from a military family <laughs> and a household and my father was a criminal investigator and so we didn't live with the regular units. We were always segregated because he had he may have to investigate them. So drugs and alcohol was not even in my house. My dad never drank. He had a beer when we went to dinner. He was very yeah. reserved. I never saw my dad drunk until later in life when he had two margaritas once. But that was about
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I didn't grow up in big drinkers. Like my dad yeah. used to literally would sit on the couch with a block of Tillamook cheese. Still, much cheddar and two Bartles and James. The only and he would drink wine coolers and eat off of his cheese block. So it was never the only other thing I can say is there is the one thing that he that we all got screwed over as kids, which was vodka and pink lemonade.
1: So my oh, dad would take good. one of them.
0: Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite fucking drink of summertime. I know summer's here because I want a pink lemonade and vodka. Right, and all of us kids got hammered on it because it was in a gallon milk jug, right? He'd make it in the gallon milk jug, and he'd put it in the fucking refrigerator. And inevitable, my my son has been drunk off of it at a young age. My nieces and nephews have. I have. Everybody has fallen prey to this pink lemonade and vodka in our house, <laughs> in our families. You know, my kid used to get so pissed. Mom, is this for me or is this for you? I want some pink lemonade too. So we'd have two marked in the fridge. One said my kid's name, and one said. No, <laughs> just no. But <laughs> oh, you know, that's funny. You know, I just, I also didn't grow up with big drinkers. I just right. didn't. I think my generation of kids are like the drinkers. Like I right. definitely drink or did. I'm not really now. I, I have to be careful with that stuff too, because I find I tend to drink along with people to stay at the same level of inebriation that they are. Right. It seems to be easier To deal, but then I find myself like, "What the fuck? I'm. What am I drinking all this for? This is insane." So I'm, I'm taking time off because I want to take time off. I know I can, and I'm just doing that for me. It gives me clarity every once in a while. It's no drink January, right? Oh wow, never heard of that. I just want to know that it's not something that controls me, and that's what freaks me out, right? So. I don't want to be beholden to anything. I don't. And I think that's why I never wanted to do the harder drugs is I don't want to. You hear so many things where people can get addicted off the first try. Right. Not a commitment like that ever.
1: Yeah. Ever. No. I was one of the kids back in the 80s. You know, that commercial that says, this is your brain. It was an egg and, and oh, a God, frying yeah. pan. And this is your brain on drugs. Yeah. I was that kid. That I never try. I never smoked pot till I was forty. And <laughs> I never. Did you say horny or 40? forty? Forty. Oh till my I was God. forty. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I like both answers, but I was like, wait a minute. What does
1: that mean? I was horny early on. Okay, so what? no, that wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't drink alcohol. I definitely didn't go crazy drunk. When wine coolers is what we drank, and then I would have. I didn't have sex until I was seventeen. And the thing was, is that alcohol became part of the scene because I was trying to shove my shame down. It was helping me get over, yeah. you know, my inhibition so that I yeah. can do- go to that through that thing. Because one, I was horny and two, I had my conflicts in my head of this is shameful. I'm not married or I'm not this. Or I had the church yelling at me in my head and all these self-talk that was talking me out of it. I would drink to have sex. And I started associating my orgasms were triggered by For them sure. too. For sure.
0: I can definitely fucking see that. I can't say that I haven't done the same thing. And I think that's why I'm so cognizant of it now is because I've worked so hard in my life to heal and to come away from that stuff that sex has been scary for me at times. Sex sex has been assault and rape and shame and a lot of stuff at times. And it can be devastating to me because I'm such a sexual person. But I've worked so hard, I think even especially through like my BDSM wants, needs, desires on healing around the things that have happened to me, healing around these traumas that have happened around my body and my sexuality right? and my sex that I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that. I don't want to give that back. I don't want to bring in something that would allow any of those bad things to happen again. But I definitely needed it as like a reconnection
1: to myself.
0: Sometimes when your body's been so traumatized, you as your body has been so traumatized, like your want for sex is gone, obliterated, right? And sometimes it can be an easy way back. I can definitely, there's been times where I'm like, all right, I am starved for touch right now. And I hate that I'm not connected with my sexual being. And so maybe I will put on a porn and have wine and rub one out. It takes the edge <laughs> off a little bit. And right? sometimes that's a path of connection back, right? Or getting really high and doing the same thing with weed, of course, but right. it doesn't even have to be really high. See, this is the thing. This is the right? thing about drugs and alcohols. Just again, using it cautiously understanding, being aware of where you're at, being aware of why you're drinking. If you're drinking to have a drink and have a good time, that's one thing. But if we're talking about drinking to take the edge off so that you can do this thing with this person, I just have to question how bad you are. Like, where are you in that decision? How bad do you actually want it if you have to get annihilated
1: to make it happen?
0: doesn't seem like it's a good idea.
1: (laughs) Well, so my favorite thing is morning sex, right? I mean, I love all sex. It's primal. I'm just waking up. It's totally. Yeah. But I'm not under the influence in the morning. And so I wish, well, I do now. When I was younger, I wish that I could have that at night. But when I did my awakening and started to get rid of my shame and things like that, I started to realize that the alcohol was a factor in making me force myself into it. Also part of why I went to extremes And so I had to cut out alcohol. I really did cut back my alcohol. I remember drinking and smoking pot and having sex with a guy. I can't even remember what his face looked like, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's where it comes, right? That's where that shit comes is. I can say that too. I've definitely had times in my life where I'm like, I couldn't even tell you the dude's name. (laughs) Couldn't (laughs) couldn't tell you... I mean, fuck, I just I love sex so much that I don't want to miss it anymore. But I I can tell you that I don't like that. I don't like waking up and not reveling in that moment with that person. I don't like waking up and being like having to grab my tits, grab my ass. Is my ass okay? Am I hurting? Am I like, (laughs) broke? that is not a good feeling to me. I want to wake up and grab my ass. She can go, oh, I got a smirk in last night. I want to remember that stuff. I don't want to have blackouts. They don't want to make other people responsible for me. I want it to be a good thing. My body deserves healthy, happy, sexual things. And I just struggle with the idea that you can have that when you're blasted in whatever way that looks. I mean, I definitely know that I enjoyed it, I'm sure, but well, and so there you go, that, that doesn't make me feel good, and it definitely inspires like shame later. It's fuck, like I got so fucking high or whatever. I don't even know dude's face. Couldn't pick right? him up in a lineup. That's not safe <laughs> for women in general. Do you know what I mean?
1: It isn't. No, so I. Think
0: it, and again, we've had the conversation before too of what consent looks like, and even people that we know and love and think we would never do anything like that to us. Alcohol and drugs can exacerbate the biggest demons. And that can be relationship ending, can be life ending. It can be right. a lot of bad stuff.
1: Well, and I struggle in my own stuff that I deal with that I don't need the alcohol to have the orgasms. So one of the things that I've been focusing on myself is I'm enjoying my body without it. Excellent. I'm enjoying the fact that I don't need to get high to enjoy the orgasm, the bliss, the coming, the being or whatever. It's there. And I have purposely have made an effort not to mix the two. These days, I did have an incident a little bit ago that I drank too much and I don't remember the sex. And I and that's after me doing all this growth. And it really bothered me because I'm sure I would have enjoyed it if I was present. And it it just shames, right? Then it's it's just like shame. Yeah. 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 I wish I could go back and redo it because I was really looking forward to that adventure. And so after that, I made the decision that, nope, from now on, it's going to be Sober Sarah. <laughs> when well,
0: it, you know, I think that's sex. fine. <laughs> sober See, Sarah sex. I think sex. That that's fine. I'm yeah. definitely not going to say it's going to be Sober Jenna all the time. I know oh. what my limits are. Right. It's I'm going to stick within those limits. But, you know, yeah, I've been there, babe. I've, And it's always a bummer to me. It's like such a lost potential for like a, a yummy spank bank thing or a yummy moment or a memory with somebody right. to be like, I know it was good, but I don't remember any of it. That right? fucking like, sucks, you know.
1: What, and then, yeah, what? the
0: shame that it can inspire and then all the work that we have to do around that stuff. and.
1: But I'll still smoke a J. I'll still have a (laughs) glass of red wine. I just don't want to. I mean, I'll still drink. And what I mean is if I'm going to go for a scene or if I'm going to go for a night and possibly have a lover, I'm going to not have the alcohol or maybe one glass and then that's it. And then wait a couple hours before I play because I really want to feel it. I want to feel my body. I want to feel the orgasm. I want to feel the naughtiness of it all. And, and not yeah. and just revel in it. And I not just have don't... to have shame around it. Right. Especially that because that's the thing. It's about the shame that I feel I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward and do this podcast so that I keep going forward. I keep learning. I keep exploring. We have some really great things in store that we've been working on. I just love the fact that we're doing this and helping people and sharing our stories so that people can grow. And alcohol is definitely something that has ruined some relationships for me. Me too. And so I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying if you have to do it, maybe something to look at. That's one of the pitfalls I see. If you have to get drunk to have sex, maybe you should look at why. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, if you have to get obliterated to do anything, what's your motivation? Are you doing this for somebody else? Because us people pleasers like to do a lot of shit that we wouldn't do when we're inebriated and fucking high. Right. Because we people please. So are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for them? And then, yeah, like, what is the motivation behind you needing to do this so bad? And then what's the cost? Because everything has a cost, right? Good or bad. Good or everything bad. has a cost.
1: Well, right. isn't cheap either.
0: Yeah. No, nothing's <laughs> cheap anymore. Fuck's sake. Dude. I, mean, I don't know my, about the rest of it. I mean, I weed yeah. is legal now, so you can buy weed. That's not too expensive, but it's a crazy thing. Alcohol mm-hmm. alcohol's not cheap. Drugs are not cheap. They're not. That's a cost. to <laughs> I just don't want but. it to cost anybody their soul.
1: Right. That too. And what's a perk?
0: I mean, again, mm-hmm. uh, done in moderation, it can take the edge off. It can relax you. It can get you out of your head. It can loosen up your body and it can fucking, there's a, I'm sure there's a million wonderful things too. Right. Well, maybe you're shy and you, like what's Kuthur Polly on? <laughs> on that show where he can only talk <laughs> yes, to women right. after he drank, right? Big but Bang Theory. Oh my God, I'm fury. such a Big Bang you know, Nut. Some people can use it for sure. But just, I just, yeah, even that. It's you funny me you bring up Kuthur
1: Polly because that's true. In order to even address a woman, he had to get drunk. Of course, that was his character. But I loved the fact that... If you want to analyze it, especially in this type of realm, he had so much barriers that he had to bring down. I struggled with that just having sex back in the day. And the only way I could do it was with alcohol. But Um, see,
0: that's the problem, right? right? You've had things. I've had things done to me, done to you. Right. Others have had things done to them. That's where you need to concentrate then. You need to get help. You need to go yeah. see a sex coach or a therapist or whatever that looks like for you. That is where the healing needs to start. Right. Drinking or doing drugs to be able to allow your body to get into a state where you can't freak out. That's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> the whole it's point, right? That's not okay. Right. Yeah, for sure. We've all used drugs and alcohol in that way as a numbing agent. But again, I what's think- the
1: cost? Right. Exactly. Well, I'm not for it currently. That's my current stance. I'm looking for the experience of my body and feeling it naturally. So that's my stance now, but I don't mind people drinking. I mean, it's fine. Yeah.
0: I don't mind either. I just don't want to be your babysitter. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want that to give you permission to harm me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at. Like again, I got no judgment for people that want to do these upper echelons of whatever I, you do you I'm not you I'm not here to judge you I got my own goddamn demons I'm working on <laughs> that you, know, right. you all could point out and fucking chuck rocks at so I don't care just don't do anything to anybody else right. <laughs> don't right. do something to yourself that you can't get out of right right so that's kind of where I go
1: all right yeah. well we're gonna wrap this up we got some new things to announce we should have done this at the beginning of the time I? like the present yeah, what do you want to announce? There are two new things. You get to pick one. Oh God, is one of them the Patreon? Yes, that we Okay, launched, then I'll do we that we one. Launch <laughs> <we launched> Patreon, <laughs> and we are the Orgasmic Terrace on Patreon. You can also link to it through our website. So we have our first video
0: up there. Yeah, we have our first video. You guys can subscribe and see Sarah and Jenna and all of our glories. I think it's pretty cute. It's pretty funny.
1: (laughs) It's really funny. I love it. I love our first one. But you can check us out. We also did an intro so you can make the decision. We have first, second, and third base. Go check out what they are. And we look forward to you guys subscribing. And the other news is that we launched a Discord. I've done some research, and I feel that the Discord has a better format for good dialoguing and presenting a question and having feedback and having it all in an order. We're not going to step away from Facebook, but we're going to include Facebook as well as Discord. So you can find us on Discord at Orgasmic Terrorist. It's the name of the server. That's the word I'm looking for.
0: Okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. You can also find us on Podbean, Spotify. Our com website has all of our episodes. Yes. Um, and we already said Facebook, Patreon, and Discord. So we are getting yes. out there. We are loving the feedback that we're getting. We encourage you guys all to please take the time to listen to us, rate us, subscribe. We'd love to hear more feedback. It's been so much fun. We'd love to have questions sent in. I'm still dying to get enough to do a whole show about answering questions from people. So please keep sending them in. We've got a few. We need some more. And beyond that, am I supposed to just say, go be good humans? (laughs) We can
1: go say, go be good humans. (laughs) Go be good humans, guys.
0: Hi, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, on our website at orgasmictourist.com. Please don't forget to help us out by sharing our podcast and leaving a five-star review. As always, you can send us an email with your questions and comments to orgasmicturrist at gmail.com.